my computer. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Colleen Meyer with Meyer Mintz Consulting, and we are bringing you Fearless in Pink. And this week, we have an amazing woman. I've known this woman for years. She's strong. She's fearless in pink. And she's going to go ahead and introduce herself. Katrina, you want to introduce yourself? Well, hello, everybody. My name is Katrina um, Calmese, and I am, as my shirt says, I'm fearless. Um, but I am basically a 40-something uh, um, woman working in, um, uh, in school right now, and um, I'm studying to be a, a social worker. I've uh, got a couple of more months left, but um, my transition in life is just, you know, I started off in the beauty industry, and now I'm transitioning to, you know, fulfill another purpose in life, and that is to serve others. So let's talk about that. You know, it's, you know, we talk to single moms and I was a single mom for a long time. You know, it's really hard to hold down a job and go to school and um, have kids. So how, how, how were you able to balance those roles? Um, I, I want to say it was, you know, I had family support. That's the biggest thing for me is like mm -hmm. having like the support from my family. So I had um, my mom, my brothers, and then as my children got older, they helped support each other as I, you know, um, went back to school um, so that I can provide a better life for them. So I think it was just like, just having support was the biggest key for me to be able to do, you know, to continue to pursue a career. Um, and the career that I left versus the career I'm going into now are both, were both demanding careers. And um, if I didn't have that support, I think I would, it, it would have been harder for me, but, you know, balancing those things out, making sure that I um, kept my kids at the top of my priorities was the most important thing for me. Um, I mean, I was able to do it. And I also had support from my, my work family. That's amazing. You know, family can, when I did my dissertation on women business owners, you know, that was a big factor for whether women um, went into business at all. Mm -hmm. And here you are, a businesswoman, going back to school, having kids. What were some of the, and, and which is amazing that you have that family support. What were some of your challenges that you overcame? Or what were some of the biggest hurdles, even with that support? What were some of the hurdles that you faced? Initially, when, when I first became single um, and, and got divorced, I, the hurdle I had was um, debating if I should, you know, move to be closer to family or, you know, finding a job nearby within an in, in industry that I was working in. I was a hairstylist, mm -hmm. but I wanted to transition out of that because, you know, it's tiring on the body and I felt like I had other skills that I wanted to um, implement in my life. So I went into management. Well, I went into teaching. Um, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. you hired me initially um, and gave me my first, you know, help with my first promotion and some management. But I think the hurdles were just um, trying to like navigate work and getting my kids to school and all that good stuff and just figuring it all out along the way. Um, by the grace of God, I, I think that mm -hmm. he put people in my life that allow me to overcome those challenges. Now, you know, I find it interesting because you're going from the, the industry of cosmetology 
into the industry of social work. And when I look at those two things, I look at the common trend for me in those industries is one, you're helping people. Mm-hmm. And two, you're helping people feel good about themselves. Is, is, is that how you look at this new career you're going into? Absolutely. Um, I, I think I've always been in the business for, to helping people ever since like I was a little girl, um, just helping my brothers, helping my, my family, you know, um, going into, initially I was going to be a nurse. So that's mm. helping people, um, being a hairstylist, helping people. And then as also social work is helping people. And mm-hmm. I'm really focused on helping, you know, children and families and helping women and, and people just feel better about themselves is I think for me, that's the greatest, you know, gift you can give somebody is helping somebody else. Um, I think, I think that, um, Patrina, I'm sorry, but I think that, you know, with um, helping people, I think that is a calling. And I think, you know, as a, you know, and I can come from, you know, I was a single mom, but it's that, it's that nurturing and it's that giving. And, yeah. and if you have, we had a listener right now and that listener said, you know what, Patrina had family support. I don't have any family. I'm a single mom. And, you know, women can get men, but women can get kind of depressed. Like that, you know, that's good for her, but I can't do it. You know, I want to give too, but I can't do it because of some of the life challenges. What advice would you give to those women or men? I think, I mean, like uh, with the family support, sometimes I felt like I didn't have like the support. So I had to find my own support within myself. And I think that Mm. if we reach inside of ourselves and see, you know, you know, not look at the negative part of not having support, but pull from the strengths that you have within yourselves, you will be able to overcome many challenges in your life that you think that you are not capable of Mm -hmm. overcoming. But we we all have it in us. We just have to find those things that, you know, we that that makes us who we are mm-hmm. um, and to overcome like difficulties in our life. Um, yeah. You know, I saw on um, uh, social media, a post where someone asked a question of, you know, am I too old to go back to school? Oh no. Y- you know, and um, I feel that of course not, you know, but did that ever cross your mind or have you heard people say that? And if you have, what, what did you tell them? I, okay, so that did cross my mind because I waited about seven years after I got my bachelor's degree to go back. I mean, I stopped going to school when I had my kids. I went a little bit here and there. I went back to school when I was uh, teaching and directing um, to get my bachelor's degree. And then I went back for my master's in a whole nother career um, mm-hmm. field. Um, and I felt when I was transitioning to a whole different you know, field, that I was like, oh, th- I'm too old for this. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm starting all over. I need to, um, you know, so you got that self-doubt in there. Mm-hmm. But again, it goes back to like pulling out the strengths that you have and realizing how strong you are and, you know, the, the, your role, like your, your purpose in life. Um, I would say to people, if you, I mean, education and going to school is a a lifetime thing. We're always learning. We're always going to learn. So, I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young or old you are, 
you're, it's never too late to get your college education. You know, I agree with that. I, I think that it doesn't always have to be the, um, you know, upper level masters and, and doctorates and those type of things, even a bachelor's. If, but if people go back and school, go to trade school, if they go in and get an associate's, you know, Absolutely. get a certificate, you know, those are things that, that help us along the way. It does. You know, don't you agree with that? I do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I th- most of the schools I went to before I actually got my mas- my bachelor's and my master's, I went to trade schools. I, I was trying to figure out what did I want to do in life. I did medical assisting. I did CNA. I did cosmetology. And all of those things led me to where I'm, I'm going now. They were stepping stones. They are stepping stones. I, I, I agree with that. Um, so where you're at now, you know, I know you're doing internships. How is that, you know, is, I know that, Cause when you're in school, you know, the, you know, you, the, you got your assignments and you got your studying time and then some a degrees required an internship, you know, how was that all coming together for you? And, and how are you um, working with balancing that type of stuff when it comes to family time or even mindfulness and, and allowing ourselves to have downtime mm-hmm. and you're, you're juggling, you know, so much more. So initially before the pandemic, I was working a full-time job. Um, I was in school full-time online. And of course I have my family, my family life, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a relationship. So it was, it was a little challenging in the beginning, but, you know, with the flexibility of my, my former um, job, I was able to carve out, you know, that family time Mm -hmm. and study time Um, in my my daughters and um, my significant other played a big role in allowing me to pursue this new career um, and giving me that time I needed to study. And um, self-care for me mm-hmm. is the most important part, especially going into the career that I'm going into. I have been practicing that before I transition, but it's even more important because there's so much that um, you take in as a social worker from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be mindful of your own mental health and, mm-hmm. and how you feel. So I self-care is like the most important thing in my life uh, right now. And I, you know, try and get my daughters to practice self-care and be mindful of like, you know, their mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I carve out time. Um, now that I'm in my second year, I'm almost done. I make sure that I get my homework done before the weekend so that I can have at least Saturday and Sunday with my family. Mm. You know, that's great. I remember when I was working on my um, MBA, you know, I made Sundays my homework day. And sometimes I sat at that table and did it for um, maybe six to eight hours trying to get the, because I waited till the last minute, of course. But I think that's amazing. <laughs> I think it's amazing that you were able to get it done during the week. So that's... um that's a plus. I, I should have did that too. Maybe I wouldn't not been pulling my hair out as much. Out, I just carve out a few hours. Like <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got three hours today for homework, and and because you know I have my internship, and that's mm-hmm. an eight hour day. Yes, so I got three hours for homework today, and I have to <laughs> today. I'm going to cram. <laughs> I, know, I know when I worked on my dissertation, I I had to do that, but I still did a little bit of um of um procrastination it just it's who I it's who I am (laughs) so what do you see yourself in the future Katrina what's your what's the next chapter in your life right now my somebody asked me that yesterday um 
I was like, I'm just trying to get through these last few months. You know, I have to do my thesis. And so I'm just focused on that. But um, the next step for me is um, working on getting my license to become a licensed clinical social worker. Mm -hmm. Um, I may or may not um, go back for my DSW. And then um, I'm looking to get certificates here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want to be placed in, I want to work with children in schools. And that's what I'm doing my internship at now um, at school sites or in a hospital setting, because both of those, um, both of those arenas have played a big part in my life with my daughter for the last 21 years. Um, Mm. And so they made a big impact. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why I transitioned into social work as well. You know, that's, go ahead, go ahead, Patrina. But I, um, do eventually want to start a nonprofit organization. Oh, yes. We talked about that before. Yeah. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. If you need a board member, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about your thesis. Can, would you mind sharing, if you could, you know, kind of like the foundation of what that, what you're writing about? Um, it's going to be on... Um, school, I mean, um, social work within the school setting. Are you talking about K through 12? K through 12, yes. Yeah, K through 12. So, I mean, I haven't sat down with my professors and stuff like that to go over the logistics of it all, Mm -hmm. but um, I want to focus on um, K through 12 school, you know, trauma, Mm -hmm. um, uh, crisis intervention, um, uh, uh, what children are dealing with in regards to like family divorce, um, bullying, all that stuff. So those are the type of things that um, I'm going to be focused on in my, in my uh, thesis. You know, I like that. I think um, we need to have more awareness of those things um, and you know, have someone out there that's trying to intervene with the students of that age group. You know, I think it's so important because you know, when people are going through a divorce or they're in a uh, relationship that is toxic, they're so, now you tell me if you think I'm wrong, but they, I feel that they're so wrapped up in this, you know, relationship with this, another person, another adult, that they don't even really take the time to step back and think about what it's doing to their children. hmm you know, whether they're the K through 12 or when they're adult children. Right. It, that, is, that plays a big part in it. I think that um, what I'm learning from my internship is they have a lot of parent workshops mm. to help the parents because, um, you know, parents are going through stuff and they're, you know, there's a lot of resources and services for the children. Um, but sometimes there's no resources for the parents or they don't know mm. where to look. And so that's, I'm, I'm really focused on that part. It's like, I think that with parents, women or men, the education behind like parenting is so important. And sometimes we're not raised to know how to, you know, deal with those type of situations or we were raised watching toxicity in our household. And so we bring it in, you know, when we, when we're we'll raised, carry it in. It's keep trickling down generation to generation, but um. That's another focus too, is just like educating parents 
of uh, school-aged children um, on how to like deal with those things and be aware that everything that you do affects your child and mm -hmm. the children bring it to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't, so, I don't think many parents, you know, are purposely, you know, trying, but like you said, they don't have the, they're not, they're not getting the education about parenting skills and they might not be aware that this, these things were happening to their kids. And yeah, and then they bring it to school. Um, do you feel that socioeconomics plays a part in any of this? Because, um, you know, the number one stressor, I think, with families, and I, I've read this and I've taken classes and we talked about this, is, you know, the socioeconomics, you know, that, the, you know, people not having computers, you know, people, you know, parents fighting over money, just kids worried about not having food. You know, I love the way how these school districts stepped up during this pandemic and yeah. made sure these kids got fed. Mm -hmm. But do you, do you feel that it's across the board? Do you feel it's, you know, socioeconomics plays a role, you know, in, in, in that type of emotional health of a child K through 12? Absolutely. It plays a big part in it because if the student is used to going to school um, and sitting in front of their teacher, giving a lecture, teaching, you know, teaching a lesson for the day. And then now we're in a pandemic and they don't have a computer. Um, they don't have access to the things that they had before. It really, um, affects them mentally. Um, and it causes them to have anxiety and be depressed and have, you know, suicidal ideations and, and wanting to harm themselves because mm. they don't have the things that other students may have. So it definitely has been, um, it has affected the children. Um, many children are like, you know, since the pandemic, I can't do X, Y, and Z. And it's so different on Zoom. You know, the school, the school districts have been providing, you know, some laptops for the students. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, um, it's, it's so different for them. And mm -hmm. it's, it's causing a lot of um, mental health issues with our younger children mm. that's that's um you know that's kind of an eye-opener it kind of wakes you up you know when you look at how many children are actually you going to school and that's where they get that's where they get yeah. their meals yeah you know yeah. so it's 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 a um you know this pandemic you know really affected a lot of people and, and it, we need to remember that also affected our students our children yeah. okay so let's talk about Let's go back 10 years. Let's go back 15 years. You know, go back to the young Patrina, younger <laughs> Patrina. I'm sorry, younger Patrina. What the would you tell? Me. What, huh? Excuse me. The younger me. <laughs> what would you, yeah, the younger you. What would you say to yourself? What advice would you say, you know what, Patrina, this is what you need to do. What would it be? If I could go back, I would tell myself not to worry about what other people think. Mm, that's I a think, powerful one. Yeah, I think for me, um, just growing up in the inner city and having to overcome a lot before mm -hmm. even like reaching adulthood, um, I, you know, I worry about what other people think throughout my life and it wasn't until after in my thirties that I realized that that doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. What really matters is what I think of myself and how I'm going to 
you know, be the best that I can be and help people because that's what I love to do. I love to help people. Yeah. Um, and not worry about what other people say about how I'm doing what I'm doing. That I will tell myself, don't worry about what other people think. Yeah, because there's a lot of people out there that when you know you're you walk in your path and you're going after your dream, they're just like naysayers. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard to get um, past all that. This transition to social work. It took me four years. I four years ago. Well, let's see, six years ago, because I've been in the program two years, but four years before I started my two-year program, I wanted to transition. But just people always like, oh, like, oh, that's so hard. Like, oh, they don't get paid. You know, like I'm not in it for the money because my I've been blessed throughout the pandemic. I have not worked in a year, but mm-hmm. I know that. If I was in it for the money, I wouldn't be choosing this career. However, um, I'm doing it because I feel like it's something that needs to be done. And there's a need for, you know, people like me um, mm-hmm. as social workers. But a lot of people along the way is like, oh, that's hard. You know, oh, my. oh you're not <laughs> why are you doing that? You're so good at what you do. Like, you're so good at hair. But that's I'm blessed with many talents. Yes, I'm that's good right. At a lot of things. But that kind of like it sticks in your head. So you got to like get people out of your head and just go, you know, take the path that, that you're, you're choosing to go on mm-hmm. and um, not worry about what other people think about your journey. I agree with that. I think that, that, um, you know, it's your life. You live it. You do you, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you, and if they, I feel that if people, you know, like you're saying, you got a big family support and, the, and they're supporting because they love you. Yeah, you know, and I know that people can still love someone, but not give them that, uh, give someone that type of support. But that then it becomes the person that needs to push through that and say, yeah, I, I understand, you know, where right. you're coming from, but this is what I want to do. This is my love. And this is my heart. And I'm going to go after it. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. a girl. Having daughters has been a very, <laughs> having opinionated daughters. Yes. <laughs> Um, I wonder where they get that from. I don't know. <laughs> but my daughter, my oldest daughter talked because she has, you know, has had issues with a well, she has anxiety disorder. <laughs> and so she has been on a journey of, you know, mindfulness and taking care of herself mentally and physically. And she taught me something about boundaries. Because parents, you know, we kind of oversell our boundaries. <laughs> but she told me something about boundaries that I was like, huh, like I'm learning from my daughter that boundaries are important. So I have implemented that in my life. So when people cross those boundaries with regards to how I'm living my life or the journey that I'm on, mm-hmm. I have to tell them immediately, like, this is my path. And, well, and you're crossing I love boundaries. That. Yeah, I don't, I don't need that negativity in my space. Mm-hmm. Be true to yourself. That's yeah. amazing. Well, Patrina, I wanted to say thank you for coming on and sharing your journey with us. And you are definitely fearless in pink. And I appreciate you, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. All Talk right. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye.